Welcome to the Partnership Economy. This podcast explores the power of partnerships through candid conversations with industry leaders. Join our hosts, Dave Yavano, CEO, and Todd Crawford, co-founder of Impact.com, as they unpack the future of partnerships as a lever for scale and an opportunity to put the consumer first. Welcome back to the Partnership Economy Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Crawford, and I'm excited to welcome Patricia Maringay to the show today. Patricia is currently the head of affiliate marketing and performance partnerships at Group M, Mindshare, and Neo Media World agencies, where she oversees a team primarily focused on affiliate partnerships. Patricia is passionate about educating clients and colleagues alike about the unlimited potential of this channel. She spent years advocating for affiliate and now partnerships, and today manages a team that is considered the center of excellence in relation to affiliate marketing at Group M. Patricia also was recently named as one of Adweek's 50 of 2022. Today, you'll hear about Patricia's journey in discovering the affiliate world and how it's evolved to where it is today, how affiliate marketing can boost the performance of influencer campaigns and why this channel's capabilities are limitless. I hope you enjoy. Welcome, Patricia, to the show. It's great to have you. I've been really looking forward to our conversation. Thanks, Todd. Likewise. So I guess uh, before we get into some uh, details about where you work and your team, I'm interested just to explore how you actually got into affiliate or partnerships in the industry in general. Sure. I mean, didn't we all kind of just fall into it, really? Um, <laughs> so I'd, uh, I'd been working in the education space, and then I got my, my MBA in marketing with a specialization in digital marketing where nobody ever talked about affiliate or partnerships. Um, and it just so happens one of my friends was dating a guy who used to work at Rakuten Linkshare, and I sort of said, I want to work in an agency so I can figure out different verticals. And then from there, I'll figure out what company I want to go work for because I know I don't want to work in education. And so Rakuten Linkshare hired me. And I remember the day before the interview, I looked up the Wikipedia page on what is affiliate marketing. So I sounded like I knew something like I, what I was talking about and then fell into it and and never left the agency world. I just I like the the fun of it. Okay, so what I'm also interested in, because I know a lot of people aren't as familiar with these agency holding companies, Group M being one of them, is if you could kind of give us an overview of Group M and the sub-agencies, I guess, or I don't know what the best word is, that roll up under that, that you're a part of, just so we all kind of know where you're coming from. Sure. I mean, I like to use the nesting doll metaphor to explain it. I was hired first by a company called Neo Media World that was integrated within Mindshare. So then the larger doll on top of Mindshare is Group M. And then the the, the largest doll is WPP, um, which is the kind of parent holding company. Uh, but Group M is the world's leading media agency group is, is what how we like to refer to ourselves. Essentially, that means that I believe we buy most ads that you see out there, including digital ads, out of home, TV commercials, kind of all the all the ads you can buy can go through group, group M. And then underneath Group M's kind of parent umbrella, there are a suite of a number of agencies. I won't say the number because I'll probably get it wrong because it, it can change. Uh, one of which is Mindshare. Um, but then within Group M, there are some shared services where, you know, there's there's no need for every agency to build out their own area within each one and affiliate is one of those. So while I officially sit within Mindshare and Neo Media World, 
my group acts as the affiliate arm of Group M. So if any of the agencies under the Group M umbrella need an affiliate activation, they come to me and my team. Yeah, it seems to me like the way the holding companies kind of grow is they look for specialties, right? So, you know, whether it's, you know, out of home advertising, TV commercials, um, certain types of digital, they go after a, a, a medium or smaller agency, acquire them, and then they get that expertise that oftentimes is shared across, like you're talking about with affiliates. So the affiliate performance for all things Group M roll up under under you and your team. Yeah, which is exciting because we, we get to work with lots of lots of different folks and lots of different personalities across the group. So I'm sure that didn't happen automatically, right? No. I think there might have been some work involved to make that happen. Do you want to walk me through maybe just like how you created this um, role for yourself and your team within Group M, right? Because you, you really started more in the NEO group or team and then that expanded, right? Yeah. So so when I joined, it was six years ago, just over six years ago now, we were actually known as NEO at Ogilvy. So we were the, you know, think of I, I like old man, man era, Ogilvy and Mather, a big creative agency, which is also an agency under the grand WPP umbrella. Um, and, and NEO was actually de- developed, I think, 12 years ago in the basement of the, a building in New York called the Chocolate Factory when the creative clients were like, should we put some of these ads on this new thing called the Internet? And so NEO at Ogilvy was bored. And then about four or five years ago now, WPP as the parent owner of a lot of agencies kind of looks and makes sense that every agency and sub agency is where it should be looked and was like, why is this digital agency underneath one of our big creative agencies? That doesn't quite make sense. And so they rolled us out from underneath Ogilvy and into Mindshare under Group M. And then when I got there, so when I first started at Neo at Ogilvy, we had two affiliate clients, one massive global client and one smaller engagement. But I kept looking around being like, why is it only two? Like, this is like, we're Ogilvy and Mather. We're like, we're big guys. Uh, we should we should be doing more than this. And so, but because Ogilvy was the creative agency, the, the budgets weren't the digital budget. So it was like harder to have the right conversations. And so when we spun under Mindshare, I immediately started creating a what is affiliate deck that was geared just towards media people. Because it's it's less about what affiliate is, so it's less of a one-on-one and more of what affiliate isn't. So it's not something that you can buy on an algorithm. It's not a biddable platform that you can tap into. It's not this, it's not that, but it is digital. So it's like the others, but also completely different. Um, so I just started a campaign of just going around and, and educating across the network, whoever would listen to me from the most senior levels to the most junior levels. And then I think as companies like Impact have been going out there and also helping kind of spread the good word. We also had a lot of clients that raised their hand and was like, can you do affiliate? What is this thing? Do we need to have this thing? And so, you know, I'd I'd done enough of a job kind of going out there and educating people that they finally knew where to point themselves when their clients came to them with those questions. And then from there, we've been able to kind of start engagements with clients across all of the opcos. Uh, and then also we've we've been able to kind of increase our own name, I think, within the affiliate world itself. And so we've also been able to attract affiliate only clients that are just coming to work with Neo because we are big. We have, I think, the largest global footprint of any of the affiliate agencies out there. Yeah, that's a lot of moving pieces. <laughs> um, I'm glad you explained it because it is, uh, it's always interesting with the holding companies because it, it, as you pointed out, it's always growing, it's always changing, and they're trying to get everything aligned um, as efficiently as possible for themselves and for their customers. And I think the the message that you guys do performance 
partnerships is is important for your for your you know a as a service that you can provide amongst all the other services but you're right like the messaging there's a lot of internal education with a with a holding company as large as as um, well just up to just up to group m right there are also some instances too where part of the reason that the internal education was so important was that i think on its surface affiliate and performance partnerships the mechanics of it don't they're not difficult you know so so there were some pockets of activity where you know maybe a client team tagged a junior planner and was like you figure out this affiliate and you run with it but it wasn't as powerful as it could have been it wasn't as sophisticated as it could have been so part of it was also just kind of re-educating them that like yes you can do it but can it be as great as it can be if you don't have somebody that really understands the space and really knows how to work it and understands that partnerships is so broad that you're not just like working with entities that raise their hand and say i'm an affiliate yeah i think that's important because i think you know the landscape has changed dramatically in the last 10 years on, you know, what is affiliate and even, you know, what I think you're kind of alluding to is like best practices, right? Being that center of excellence within group M, as opposed to there's somebody over here who kind of got volunteered to do affiliate more or less. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember back in the old days, you know, the webmaster would get told you're going to run the affiliate program. And, uh, and I guess, you know, they would they would try their best. So it is it is I think important to have that you know best practices repeatable, measurable, and it helps you know on the deliverables to the customer. Right? I mean, you, you you're not just doing it. You have to tell them what you did and how you did it, and you know the and and deliver the results just like any media plan. You know, there's the plan, then there's the execution, and then the results. So it's important that you're able to. Um, to, to bring that information to the client as well, which which kind of gets me to how do you guys position affiliate or partnerships to customers? I know you talk about customers raise their hand. Hey, what about affiliate or, or we're doing affiliate? Can you help us with it? But I imagine there's some customers that maybe aren't as, aren't, aren't doing it yet or, or maybe, I don't know, have some pushback. And I'm curious, like, how do you guys position this I got to call it a modern partnership strategy, right? The new affiliate versus maybe what they think affiliate was. Honestly, part of it is there's the educating piece about what affiliate is today and what that means. And then there's that a bit of re-education. So I have my very first slide is kind of the history of affiliate because inevitably there's somebody in the room that did an affiliate program 15 years ago that was all fraud and like super bottom funnel and just kind of has, has a bad taste in their mouth about the channel because of what it used to be back in the day. And so I say, yeah, affiliate, yeah, it started. There were coupon sites with guys living in their mom's basement. Yes. But now you have, you know, Rakuten buying Ebates for a billion dollars in cash. You have PayPal buying Honey for, what was that, like three, four, four billion? Um, You have companies like Impact being like, you know, doing massive IPOs. Like we're with an actual business now, whereas maybe back then it wasn't. So let's just like put all of like all of that out the door. So I, I kind of start with that and then I go into kind of what affiliate is. And, and I think it's important that we kind of show we've kind of a, a graphic that shows the full funnel nature of it, that it's yes, we have some affiliate partners that will come in and and kind of be that bottom funnel and will help a customer that was on the edge of converting actually make that final conversion decision. But we can also stuff the funnel from the very top and the very middle. Um, and then I think the line that I say that really kind of clicks with folks is, as I sort of say, you know, I can tell you how great I am at doing affiliate all the time. But you're going to believe it because of the clients that are choosing to work with me. You're going to believe it because of the awards that my team has won, because of these third parties that are saying, yeah, this work that Neo does is really good. 
So I'm not going to tell you that other people are going to say it. And that's essentially what you're going to get from an affiliates and performance partnerships channel is those third parties. So you can buy as many banner ads as you want. That's you still telling people that you're great, but we will work with content sites that are going to review your products and say how good they are. We're going to work with influencers that are going to talk about why they love your product. And I think that really kind of cinches it or clinches it for some people because they, you know, I almost, that's when they can see their eyes kind of open up and realize just how wide reaching the channel can be if put in the right hands. Yeah. For years, I've heard many people say, you know, affiliate isn't, uh, a marketing channel it's a way of paying for media and it really spans you know so many different things it's hard to just describe it as one thing and I, I think that adds to the confusion as well as the I guess excitement of what it can do for a brand right like you said you can work with bottom funnel all the way up to top of funnel types of partnerships that really engage the consumer especially when you get into I guess a little bit of overlap with influencers, right? Like how does that get positioned? Because not only, I guess, within your team or your, you know, group M, there must be dedicated influencer type um, uh, teams that are separate from affiliate and partnerships, but they kind of are part of affiliate and they can be, you know, can it be a hundred percent within partnerships or it can be, aside it, right? Beside it. So how, how do you, how does that kind of get positioned as well when you say influencer and they feel like maybe they're already doing that or somebody already at Group M is is filling that role? Yeah. I mean, I think influencer is the the murkiest area of, of partnerships, not because of just the what an influencer campaign is, but because who owns it? It's different at every single company. You know, sometimes it's the marketing team that owns it. Sometimes it's BD. Sometimes it's the PR team. It's the social team. Um, and even at Group M, we have a dedicated influencer agency called Inca. What they do is very different from we do. And so I, I, I've, I've talked to them and I think where affiliate can play with influencer is that we have that trackability aspect of it the component that we can really kind of track it and we can track it all the way through. Whereas traditional influencer campaigns, they're focused on what is the engagement? How many eyeballs saw it? You know, what does it look like? Can we reuse this in our own campaigns? It's it's much more kind of on the branding side of things where if you layer affiliate into it and not have it kind of separate, we can kind of add to that and say, yes, you, you've done all this amazing branding work and you've gotten all these eyeballs. And then here's how, you know, how it pushes its way through the funnel. And this is the final performance of it. Um, because I think influencer is the other thing that makes it tough is you can't just view its success on how it performs from a sales perspective because it is at the very top of the funnel. But you also are potentially underselling the channel if you only look at it from how many eyeballs it gets. And so I think we're going to see the influencer channel get more powerful the more we can bring our affiliate partnerships teams together with whoever it is that's managing the influencer work at a company. And we're starting to see that more with our clients where we, you know, we have one large client where influence the influencer team joins our calls and, and we are there to help them kind of, you know, they, they set up the campaigns and they pick the talent and they do kind of all that legwork with it. But then we're the ones there that help traffic the links through the affiliate channel and help with the payout and all of that sort of stuff. If you're enjoying this podcast and want to learn how partnerships can help your business, visit impact.com the world's leading partnership management platform. The, the thing that I find challenging, and you kind of alluded to this, is like, where does influencer sit? And it's not just 
influencers one thing because there's different types of influencers. If you're a sports-based company, you might be working more with athletes, but then you might also work with people who are fans um, as influencers, right? And sometimes those are separate because working with an athlete, they might have an agent. Same with, you know, large influencers that an influencer campaign might target versus smaller, uh, you know, or or even medium-sized ones that are more willing to work on a hybrid or a performance basis. And making sure there's that you're not creating overlap between the influencer campaign and the partnership channel, right? So that they're not, you're not double paying them even in some cases. Yeah. And, and I think brands can learn a lot from, you know, just the success that Amazon has seen with their, with their program by just letting, you know, I could raise my hand today and suddenly start a Instagram account with 10 followers and join that and be able to pull links even though I'm not big enough to get any attention from a brand yet. And I and I think there there have been some reports that have come out that those nano micro influencers actually their their audience is a lot more engaged because they tend to not have the big sponsored ads. And so the audience really is just like, no, I like what she does and what she has and I want to buy her stuff. And so I think affiliate can also serve well, performance channel can serve that need as well because you can just as long as you open the doors for those smaller influencers to come through and, and kind of create like a self-service platform for them to pull the product links and pull their own links. And, you know, you have a preset commission for them. You can tap into that without having to do the love. I can't imagine an influencer team wanting to take on the legwork of having to have a thousand nano influencers in their program. But we can because it's the pipes are there. Yeah. And I, I think you touched on something pretty important. There's kind of the, there's campaign-based influencer campaigns, new product launches, new seasonality things, th- you know, more campaign driven and then there's an always on and 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 Amazon's always had that and and we just announced it's probably now been a month ago that we built a similar solution for Walmart so that they have essentially their own creator portal and they can allow influencers in there to both run campaigns but also an always on commission based because a lot of these mid-sized and smaller influencers, I mean, they know what product they want to review. They're they're catering to their audience. They're not waiting for a campaign to come to them and say, we want you to promote something that we think would be a good fit and possibly is. And they're certainly not going to turn those down, but they don't want to be held back waiting or trying to hustle to get in on a campaign versus if they can do always on. I think YouTube's probably the king of that, where you see product reviews all the time with the links in the description to support the content creator, support that channel. I mean, I I see that with cameras and stereo equipment and, you know, anything you can imagine is getting reviewed on on YouTube as, as a, a long format um, social media, I guess you'd call yeah. it. As a girl, everybody say, I see the same thing like with beauty. Beauty's a huge, like there's so many beauty YouTube influencers and they're not, you know, working directly with all of those brands. Yet they're very powerful in a place where most beauty consumers are learning about new products and buying them. Yeah, another thing too, uh, we, we interviewed um, Chloe Wen, who is a, a beauty influencer, not a big one, but, you know, does well for herself for sure at our at our IPX event in New York uh, this summer. And she kind of looked at it performance versus campaign based as her performance based links because of the kind of evergreen, you know, the longevity of those links um, in the bottom of a YouTube video. She kind of analogized that to her salary, like that's money she can count on. And the bonuses come from running, you know, specific campaigns where she's, you know, paid to post. 
And, and I, I think that's kind of important because a, a lot of influencers, I think, come into this with the dream of, man, someone's going to pay me $10,000 to do a, an Instagram post. You know, I, I, you know that's, that's, I guess, the, the holy grail. But um, the reality is it's not, it's not that easy. And you, you need to figure out how to make money um, in more of a hybrid or, or at least, you know, less friction to the brand because the brand's usually pretty open to anybody trying to earn a commission. Yeah. And I think if you with brands, too, because, you know, you you guys have set Walmart up with that. Amazon has theirs that if brands aren't playing in that space, they're losing those direct sales. From your perspective in the last 10 years, what are some of the biggest things that you've seen affiliate, how, how it's evolved from, you know, where it was when you started to kind of where it is today that really seems appealing to brands? I think that as a channel we've matured a lot. And I think, you know, the outside funding coming in is, is you know, making us grow up a bit. I, I, it's a little less Wild West than it used to be, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, and, and so, and I think that the publishers themselves within the affiliate channel, I mean, I can't watch a House Hunters without getting targeted by Honey and, and Rakuten Rewards and, and, you know, all of those sorts of things. So I think I think we function more as a viable channel, which is really exciting because of all the investment in it. I think the world understands us a little bit more. I think, you know, you're doing a great job of educating folks. And and I think just having, again, the ads out there and, and you know, e-marketers started writing about us finally after all these years and, and, and we're getting a lot of attention. And I think that that can only kind of help us grow and help us get those big budgets. Because I think one of the things that you know, I've seen is that the, what was the, I don't know the exact percentage, I think it's like we're 2.9%, 2.8% of the total digital media spend. Uh, but it's grown from like, you know, it grew from like 8 billion to 12 billion. I'm totally getting my stats wrong here, but everybody was really excited that, oh my God, the investments grew. We've gone from 8 billion to 12 billion. It's amazing. But then, you know, where I sit, I see what the budgets actually are and how much money is actually being spent. And I'm like, guys, that's like less than 3% of the money that could be out there, yet our channel is almost limitless. It's the most efficient channel out there. Like we could be doing more. So I may, I might've just changed your question from an evolving into a, a challenge or an opportunity. But I think as the channel has evolved and as we kind of, you know, we are growing up, we are getting more investment. I think more publishers are joining the space with, you know, I think emerging technologies kind of realized that affiliate's a great place to test things out because brands are more open to test things on a CPA payout, then, you know, you're not going to get, much like an influencer, you're not going to come out of the gate and get a $10,000 placement. Um, if you're an emerging publisher, you're going to get more of a CPA than just that flat fee. So I 100% uh, agree that, you know, the maturity is really the key here is that because more people are talking about it, it's, you know, I, I get a lot of brands, not a lot, but you hear brands every now and then, you know, question affiliate or, you know, have an opinion on it. And I just go, you know, who are your top competitors? You know, who do you consider your top competitors? Let's just list two, three, four, five of them. Are they all doing affiliate? I mean, what do they know that you don't know, right? So I think it's definitely a, I don't say legitimate, but a, 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 it's part of, the, it's another tool in the toolbox that you shouldn't ignore. And then the, the, the to your point, being 3% of current budget uh, and global spend, um, to me, that that means there's a lot of upside, a lot of potential for growth uh, for both of us here and everyone probably listening. 
not only just in 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 the business that you're a part of today, but from a career perspective. I mean, where partnerships are going to end up in another five or ten years uh, is going to be, I think, dramatically bigger than you know saying, "Well, where did we start ten years ago?" You know, it's kind of the Moore's law, but for marketing, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's getting bigger, it's getting better. And I think that's good for all of us because, you know, we're, you know, we're all growing our careers and our businesses from this. I, I agree. And I think the more, I, I know some brands like to keep their affiliate stats almost like very, it, it's the, it's the, the blackest box of a marketing channel I've ever seen. Like you can, you can tap into other channels and, and kind of get a better sense of like what the percentage of their total spend is and, and, you know, how much they contribute to, you know, bottom line revenue and things like that. But affiliate, I don't know if it's because there's still some some judgment on the channel that people don't want to like, you know, raise their hand and say, actually, affiliate was 30% of our online sales. I know because I manage brands and had a brand, you know, my brand manager say, yeah, we're 30%. So whatever budget you want, keep asking for it, we'll take more. They would never publicly say that. And I think the more we can kind of, you know, I don't want to say there's a stigma, but the more we can kind of help I think we've educated very well thus far, but I think we need to do an even bigger job of educating the power of the channel because I think people get what it is now. And I think they understand that it could be bigger, but I think they need to understand how big it should be and and be really kind of proud of that. Uh, and I think we'll see that more, you know, I'm starting to see a lot of, you know, the colleagues I've come up through the ranks with now aren't doing affiliate anymore. Now they're the head of dig- all digital media. I think we are going to get there and 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 people... As, as all of our careers progress, I think people will really understand how powerful the channel should be and the level of investment that it deserves. Well, I think that is probably one of the best said statements uh, I've heard in a <laughs> while. And uh, it's very optimistic for all of us today. Uh, and, and, and I 100% agree. It, it, you know, if you look at where affiliate was, I mean, I, I got into it in the late 90s. And just even the people that we hired back then um, where some of them are today, like you said, they're they're high level executives managing broad budgets, not just affiliate anymore. And and but they understand the power of it, and they they've continued to advocate for it. And I think that's really where we're going to see more opportunity for all of us. And and as people come through the ranks that have come from partnerships, they're going to be able to advocate and appreciate the channel. To me, I'm really focused on career pathing because I think there's so much opportunity and the more of us that are in the mix, um, you know, whether you move to another company or another, um, uh, you know, going from being on the brand side to a partner side or agency side, it all helps that cross-pollination. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I... I get a little like knife in the gut every time a junior person on my team is like, you know, I think for my career, I need to learn another channel. And and I just always dig in. I'm like, well, do you think, do you want to learn another channel? Because you're naturally curious. I'll never hold that back. Like you please learn things. But do you want to learn another channel? Because you think you have to in order to grow your career. Um, and and I, I don't think they have to. I think you can really like dig deep into the partnership space because it is growing so much. Um, and I think we're, you know, I touch every channel. I know how to do a full agency pitch. I can talk about search. I can talk about this because we work with search partners. We work with programmatic partners. We, you know, you can almost touch everything through the performance channel because it's so broad. Um, and that's also part of the reason I love the kind of, I think we all like, without discussing it with one another about five years years ago or five or six years ago, we were all like adding partnerships to our titles. 
just to broaden the term, because it's true. It's it's literally a partnership with anything. We can work with BD teams. We can work with PR teams. We can work with influencer teams. We can work with other brands. So I think, I just think there's so much opportunity in this space. So. And I think the complexity there keeps the job fresh, right? Like there's, you never know what you're going to run across. And if you're doing paid search, it's pretty, uh, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. There's not a lot of complexity to it. Um, unless, you know, Google makes a change or something, right? That's, that's really the only thing that can add, uh, throw a wrench into the, the mix and, uh, programmatic and all these things to me, they're just not very dynamic. They're not, they're not evolving. I mean, they are what they are. That's just it. You know, I, I, you know, I guess I'm biased, but you know, I see them as like slot machines. You're just pumping in money and pulling the, pulling the handle down and, and hoping you get, you know, three sevens or three cherries and, um, you know, trying to maximize, um, your return on, invet- on ad spend. Whereas, you know, partnerships, you, you kind of know what your return on ad spend is going to be pretty much going into it. And they tend, I see when we talk to brands and yeah, they might be saying they're 10, 20, 30% is partnerships, but it's also the best return on ad spend, which I think they love because it helps, you know, offset the higher or the, yeah, the, the worse return on ad spend through other channels like search and programmatic where it's so competitive and it's all bid based. So you're kind of, you're beholden to the cost, no matter you, you can't change it. Yeah, I have a, a one of the case studies I used in my kind of internal deck to talk to media teams is this one where we had this client that said, for all your you know digital e-com focused channels, if you guys are coming in at a $4 ROAS and above, like our calls are going to be easy. We're not going to be questioning what you're doing. You come in under that $4, you're going to need to answer to every single thing you're doing. Every th- single thing is going to get signed off. So just keep doing the four, then we won't bother you. And I the case that I showed is that we got 3% of the digital spend but our ROAS was like $19. And if you took away that, and, and so the client the, the client ROAS, when you combined everything together was 450. So the clients were happy. If they took away our 3% of spend, it would have been $3.50 and everybody would have been getting questions. And so that alone, that gets, that gets like anybody that's kind of on the fence of like, do I want to bring this lady in to talk to my clients? They're like, oh wait, okay, that's successful. I like the sound of that. So it's, it's, it's a good channel. And I, I always like to say too that affiliate I think part of the reason I stay in it too is it's a bit of a choose your own adventure channel because, you know, I have brands that come in and it's like, well, I don't want to work with coupon sites. I'm like, cool, you don't have to. Tell me what else you don't want to do because we can really, you know, pick and choose what you want this thing to be because there's no prescriptive way. Whereas, you know, Google has rules for how you run a search campaign before them uh, on their platform. So um, it's it's just, it's fun, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> that's why I've been doing it for 25 years almost. <laughs> um, so... And as for me, I'm, I, I feel like I've just had the best seat in the house the whole time because I've always been in the middle on the tech side. So I see the agencies, the brands and the partners all working together and uh, the ebbs and flows and the cool ideas and the, the results um, across, you know, lots and lots of different strategies. And so to me, it's just been, you know, very, very exciting to to witness it in so many different ways. A lot of people don't get to see so many different um, perspectives at once. So that's always been really exciting. Nice. I mean, the tech tech is where I think all the future, a lot of that future opportunity is going to come from because I'm looking at you and your team to figure out our, our our inventory problem and how we can tap into inventory and spend more money because the quicker we can spend money in the channel, the quicker we can increase that 3% to 10, 15, 20 and, and get our rightful 
place at the table. So challenge, Todd. Challenge, challenge <laughs> accepted. We'll get on that right after this, uh, <laughs> after this podcast, which I guess uh, wraps this up. This has been an amazing conversation. We covered a lot of things and I'm sure everybody learned a lot. Hopefully they can use it to educate their internal teams as well as um, uh, move the needle. Yeah, I want no, to thank you so much, Patricia. Thanks for inviting me. I, I, I get jazzed to talk about this stuff. So thanks. It was fascinating to learn the history of these large agencies and how they've evolved to include a dedicated team for partnerships. We've come a long way in this industry, and it's exciting to note that this is just the beginning. Patricia helped to champion the value of partnerships for agencies, and it appears to be paying off. As more leaders in the space advocate for and educate others, businesses of any size can learn the potential of this channel and discover how it can be both evergreen and incremental for them. It's also important to note that this landscape is constantly changing and is applicable to what's top of mind today. Influencers are gaining popularity, but may just be one part of the funnel. Combining affiliate marketing efforts with influencer marketing campaigns can push consumers through the funnel more efficiently and help brands properly measure performance to boost sales and grow revenue. It was a pleasure having Patricia on the show. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to next time. Thanks for listening to The Partnership Economy, brought to you by Impact.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show and rate and review it on Apple Podcasts.